0: from San Francisco. What is the nickname of San Francisco? Like what? It...
1: Well, there is no real nickname. One everyone hell of a town. The, everyone here calls it the city, the city. Um, so if you're in Northern California, you're in the city. Um, years ago, people used to call it Frisco, which people here hate it. Yeah. It sounds it pretty mean, like, douchey. Don't call it Frisco. So we don't call it Frisco. People from call it San Fran, which no one here likes at all. Yeah. I like Santi Franny, which never caught on, but I think that's kind of
0: funny. All right. I would put that on like a hoodie the, and rock it.
1: Um but but a good a good place a good thing to call it is Baghdad by the Bay, we used to call
0: it that. That's um, that needs Herb an explanation. Kane was the
1: most, Herb Canyon was a legendary and, and really quite brilliant and is only a very progressive columnist, who wrote a column six days a week from World War II to the mid nineties. Um, and a great column. He he used to call it he, Coined it Baghdad by the Bay before we started attacking Baghdad, and then when it became known as this kind of you know gay Mecca and all this, he renamed it Sodom by the Sea.
0: Wow, that's t- wow.
1: <laughs> so we call Sodom by the Sea.
0: That complete. I mean, talking about going from one end of the spectrum to the other. That's a big. That's a big switch. Pardon the. Yeah. Pardon the pun. But so here wow. We are in
1: Sodom by the sea.
0: Yeah, Sodom by the sea on a Friday, Shabbat Shalom, uh, and and the world is burning. The entire planet is literally on fire.
1: Yeah, literally in this case, yes.
0: And uh our democracy is in tatters. You seem to be a little bit more hopeful, which I found surprising.
1: <laughs> Why do you think I'm hopeful?
0: I don't know, because you said it, it really it was only one state in yeah, and I'm Biden not, is I'm still not... president, and I was like, It's Texas, it's Florida, dumbfuckistan. No, I
1: mean, just election day. The people who are saying the sky is falling on election day are wrong.
0: This guy has been falling.
1: The president's party always loses the Virginia election. It's not a big deal. Okay. It doesn't mean anything.
0: Okay. I mean... I think it means a lot. I'm just so disgusted. The guy is so repulsive and repugnant, and, I mean, the fact that he dresses like Trump in that blue suit with the red tie, and that douchey, like, 19... I'm sorry, it's so aesthetic, but it's annoying, and I think it plays into the whole caricature of that hairdo that he has that's from, like, fucking Leave It to Beaver. He doesn't even look like he has a clue of what's going on in, like, 2021. I
1: think, uh, he, I think he did a very good job of communicating to the Trump base, yes, I'm one of you, and communicating to swing voters, I'm just a rich guy who wants to lower your taxes. Um, he did a very good job of that, and the media here is very, very complicit... Not that it's their job to, you know, show for the Democratic Party, but there is a, it is their job to report the truth. Um, so for example, Glenn Youngkin should have been asked very early on, do you believe that Donald Trump won the election? Yes, correct. Do you believe that the insurrection was an insurrection? And if he didn't answer if he didn't answer no to the former and yes to the latter, then every time he appeared on television, it should have said Glenn Youngkin, are a Republican candidate and insurrectionist. And in not doing that, the media is complicit in the cover-up. And that is what kind of concerns me the most. Is that I mean, you and I have talked about this? How the official position of the Republican Party is that January 6 wasn't a big deal, right?
0: Well, clearly not, because nothing's fucking happened.
1: No, that's that's the Republican Party's position. Now, the Democrat, now, you and I might have a different view of that, but the Republican Party position that it isn't a big deal. And when the when the Democrats say, when the, when the media says the Democratic candidate shouldn't talk about Trump, what they're saying is that January 6 wasn't a big deal. So it is not just the Republican Party, it's the media that is complicit in telling the American people essentially get over January 6th And that's wrong. We should not be getting over January 6th. We should be we should be not just uh, investigating January 6th, but investigating the context, the relationship not just of the Bill, Bill Barrs and the Steve Bannons, but the Kevin McCarthy's and the Mitch McConnells, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. and
0: the flow and the of the media money is, and is who is funded saying, it. It, right. And the money follow the money.
1: Of course, and- all of that, and not just, and not just January. 6th. But there's no what consequences. Really was, what was? Who knew about the disinformation campaign that led to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans? Who was complicit in that crime against humanity? Right? Not just Donald Trump, but Mitch Mc- et cetera, et cetera. And they don't ask those questions. So now we get Glenn Youngkin is you know he's a Romney Republican, whatever. It's all bullshit. But but what I what one point I would make is that if people think this is the end of the Biden presidency. I don't I think, think it's
0: like- the Biden I don't think it's the end of the Biden presidency I think what it is is maybe more of a creep a creeping racist, ridiculous, let these ignorant as fuck parents start to control governments and make decisions in these states. I mean, for fuck's sake, we. I mean, we could talk about the Ahmad Arbery jury for a start or we could, what's going on in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. I mean, that is a absolute debacle of a shit show that should already be a, a mistrial. If you've watched one episode of like fucking Law and Order, you understand what's going on. But I mean, I think it's more the encroaching... acceptance of this race-baiting, fear-mongering, ridiculousness. People were on television, they were like, I don't even know what CRT means, but I know I don't like it, so I'm voting for this guy.
1: Well, I mean, I think we have to recognize that (sighs) the racially based, which is to say white supremacists, but really just a racial hierarchy, the movement to have an authoritarian regime based on a racial hierarchy, which was really articulated best by the Trump presidency, is very, very strong in America. And a lot of people on the left don't want to recognize that, that we are up against a very powerful, very strong, very popular movement that, that was not summarily defeated in 2020. It was...
0: Right, so how do you yeah, fight I the cu- how do you fight the, the culture war? How and do you fight the culture war? How do you fight because what they're saying is that this Yunkin ying yokel has now created like the Trumpish Pathway to getting elected because he kept Trump at a, a far enough arm's distance that he was never seen with him, never photographed with him, never right, had. No, it him perfectly. So how do you how do you stop that? Because it's just so as it's so fucking frustrating that we're but, such but wuss but me, bags, we're such wusses.
1: Like, but, but I mean, here's the thing. So let's. I mean, the thing about elections are that every election is both its own case and part of a trend, right? So. So, some things to think about with regards to Virginia specifically, because I actually, my view is that New Jersey is much more concerning than Virginia. Correct. But if you want to talk about Virginia specifically, a couple of things to note.
0: Well, we could talk about New Jersey too when we're done. But But let's stand
1: Virginia for a second. Okay, go ahead. The Republican leadership in Virginia were very smart. What they did was they canceled the primary because they didn't want the Trumpy candidate to win. Had Virginia nominated a far Trumpy candidate, McAuliffe would have won. And in other states can't cancel primaries. So Virginia kind of slid one by the Trump base. And Youngkin was, for this moment, a very gifted candidate. So let's, let's give Youngkin credit for that. But had they had an open primary, they would have nominated the Trump candidate, and she would have lost. The second thing is that I am, I am, I am, I am appalled. I mean, I, I got an uh, email you know, from one of my political friends, and they're kind of – at least their guys are older. But they're all in their 70s, you know. And it's saying, you know, it's Jim Carville with his how this woke thing. And I said, you know, because the Democrats nominated a far left candidate like Terry McAuliffe, right? The Democrats nominated the ultimate Clintonian candidate, and he lost. But there, but I'm not telling the truth there. The Democrats didn't nominate Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe decided he wanted to be governor again, and he bought the primary because he was able to raise so much money. And you know, it was just the wrong. It was the absolute candidate. The candidate. The different candidates here were. It was a, it was a candidate matchup that heavily favored the Republicans. And, and and if that's the case, if they keep nominating business people who can distance themselves from Trump while dog-whistling to the Trump base, right. and we, the Democrats, keep nominating Clinton-era retreads, even though they're—look, Terry McAuliffe is a smart guy. I'm not saying he isn't. But if we keep nominating Clinton-era retreads, we are going to lose a lot of elections. So a lot of this is candidate selection. And we blew it in Virginia because McAuliffe, with his ample white man ego— Decided he needed to be governor again.
0: Who else was even, was there anybody else other than Yeah, but he, he,
1: he, he, there were several candidates. Some of them were quite exciting and he blew out, the, he just destroyed the field. And, and, you know, Virginia's a diverse state. It's not New York City, but it's a diverse state. Right. And although I believe as governor, Terry McAuliffe did some very good things specifically on voting rights. He really did. I don't wanna, I don't wanna be too, I don't wanna be uh, disingenuous. I don't think he was the right candidate, but he's not terrible. He right. does some very good things on vote. Just an example, but he's not going to mobilize a your African American base and b working class voters because he's just a rich insider. And the truth is that if you sway not just working class whites, but you limit, you bring a few more working class black people back into the party, they can you can win. And McAuliffe is neither. He is neither a. I think well, him McAuliffe very put offish. Is neither a candidate of the kind of. Liberal white elite who who don't who want low te- who don't care about who want taxes low but they care about civil rights and LGBT rights and the environment. He's not that kind of a candidate, right? Nor is he the kind of woke left candidate. He's an old Clintonian candidate, and therefore nobody was excited about him on on the Democratic side. So so that was a winnable race, and you have to give the Republicans credit for that that they ran the right candidate. New Jersey scares me because Phil Murphy's a pretty good governor. Now, he got New Jersey scared. Was a COVID disaster. He
0: got scared. He got scared of the Trumpers, yeah. and he got scared of putting a mandate in place, and he got scared of the unions, yeah. and he 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 got shook. And this like Stunad, straight out of Staten Island Central Casting, yeah. like literally got way too close for comfort. And I don't. And now that he's in, is he going to go back on his word and now forget mandates because he said that he wasn't going to run on mandates just to get those white working class potential. MAGA morons to vote for him? I don't know. It's terrifying. I mean, they are all they all get scared. And I'm telling you, this is the problem, in my limited opinion, with this Eric Adams guy. He's a union guy. He's a cop guy. he he And now he's going to be like, hey, now, going to take my first couple of paychecks in Bitcoin because let's focus on that. I mean,
1: I, I have no... I, I, and I, I forget, forget the, the mandate? Like, I, I, what bothers me about Adams is that I think and everyone got this wrong in the um no. in the, uh, once evaluation. a cop
0: always a cop once a cop always a cop
1: but but also he is just like he is a democratic insider who is uh, the, I could see the Adams campaign being royaled in print mayoralty being royaled in serious corruption issues but very quickly I'm not saying it will but I see that as a potential because he's such an insider everyone knows he knows how to do business everyone knows he can, you, can t- you can talk to Eric Adams, right? I mean, I think it was Andrew Yang of all people who said he reached the trifecta. You're being investigated at the federal, state, and national and local level during the course of your career. Wait, so he that, was Adams? That's what was? I think. Either Yang or Stringer said that about Adams. I mean, so he's you know he's an insider. He's a guy who everyone knows you can do business with. Every lobbyist knows they can work with Eric Adams, right? So that that concerns me. The cop stuff. I mean, I, I, that also concerns me. I mean, I, I think I, I remain. We talked about this mayor's race, but you know, I know, and, and I'm, I'm going to be as explicit as possible. The New York Times, which editorialized during the Black Lives Matter movement, the kind of rejuvenation of that after the killing of murderers, say, of George Floyd, talked about Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. At the end of the day, they endorsed the pro-cop moderate Catherine Garcia because they were afraid of alienating their affluent liberal base. And in doing that, they gave their affluent liberal base a permission structure to vote – for somebody who was not going to be strong on police brutality, the one candidate in that raced who would have been strong against police brutality was Maya Wiley.
0: I know it and makes me ill. I'm going to give Ill. you a visual
1: aid here, even though this is an audio podcast. Was oh, Maya Wiley.
0: you have okay? the shirt.
1: Yeah, I volunteered for her campaign. Look disclosure. at you. Again, some money, also. All right, that's okay. But, but Maya Wiley was a candidate who would have been tough on the cops. And if the New York Times had put their had had backed up their rhetoric with actions and endorsed that candidate she would be mayor
0: that's my sigh i that makes me ill She would be mayor i and we would be so much better but, off for it
1: but can i give you one reason for hope about new york city yes go hope okay there is a narrative emerging around the adams victory in the primary and of course now it's victory on tuesday that new york city has moved to the right the electorate the woke left is losing and i want to point to one person who proved, proves that wrong In the Comptroller's race, the favorite was Corey Johnson, who was a good liberal Democrat. And who won that race? Brad Lander. Brad Lander is the most progressive person to hold citywide office for his time and place in the history of New York City, right? Brad Lander is a very, very progressive guy. He is very smart on the issues. He is a very smart, progressive dude. And who supported him early on? Do you remember Elizabeth Warren? Yeah. And AOC. And he, unlike all these other yucks, he didn't run from that he used you would have thought and I mean this as a compliment you would have thought Elizabeth Warren and AOC were his running mates right all over his literature appearing with him on his flyers on his you know his internet ads if you were on you know Facebook vote for Brad Lander AOC endorses him and he cleaned Corey Johnson's clock now Corey Johnson's not a bad guy right I'm not saying he's some right wing pro cop guy he's a very good liberal democrat but Brad Brad Lander ran from the left and beat him
0: so there's hope for that
1: and Brad Lander is a middle-aged Jewish dude, right, with support from the, the radical Latina congresswoman, right? That's coalition building. That's what the left can look like. So I'm not, I'm not giving up on the left in New York City yet.
0: So how do you expand that, though, to, the, to, to, to a bigger picture to include, to, to, to move out of New York well, City? Well, if, if so. you
1: extrapolate from that, and let's be honest, winning a New York City primary is not necessarily, you know. But one lesson, don't run from who you are, right?
0: So where does the governor's race go? In that case,
1: if, if I don't know because I, I um, I don't know that there's a real appetite to throw a cafe hotel out of office. Interesting. You know, my sense is that uh, maybe I'm missing something here. I, I'm open to that possibility, <laughs> but I don't know that this is the race for the big white guy to kind of put out of the way. Let me be the nominee, right? Right. Even if he's a progressive, so so I'm I'm kind of baffled by Bill De Blasio's candidacy here. Uh, for governor. What, mean, about Tish, what, about Tish? what about Tish?
0: What about Tish James? What about Tish?
1: I don't know. I I, I I like Tish and I think she's a good attorney general. Right, and, and you I don't think she should finish a, up the
0: Trump stuff? You don't think she should tie that up with a bow, finish up the Trump stuff and then maybe... No, if I were
1: advising her, I would say stay as attorney general. Right. Because you might lose this race and then you don't have a job and what she should do, stay as attorney general. Chuck Schumer's not going to be there forever and you get one term in the Senate or something, right? Because That's yeah. a better place to go. But... You know, what's the rationale for voting against Tish, for Tish? Well, you know, Hochul's been a good governor, Tish has been an attorney general, and people, they, they don't like to rock the boat that much. And Hochul, after coming in after Andrew Cuomo and really stabilizing things and doing some, you know, look, there's no question that I would prefer someone to the left of Kathy Hochul. Right. But if you ask me who I think is going to win, I think she's got a real good shot. She, who Who's out there saying she's terrible?
0: Right. Nobody. Nobody yet. I mean <laughs> I'm sure that I'm right. sure that'll come in time if they want to if if they want to throw that whole campaign under the bus but I don't think there's any point in doing that when so much and of Tish
1: doesn't and Tish James doesn't have the kind of real tried and true progressive credentials. Right. He just doesn't.
0: I think she would so, do much better throwing yeah, every something one of those else. trumps in, in jail.
1: Progressive money and energy needs to go to holding on to Senate seats and holding on to House seats, not to getting a slightly more left-of-center person as the governor of New York because the most important race for me, I'd much rather, like if I had $1,000 to give away, I'm not giving it to anyone who's running for governor or attorney general in New York. I'm giving it to Raphael Warnock right, or Senator Mark Kelly in Arizona. Those are the races I care about, the the, the races we have to win because we have to hold the Senate. have to. We have to pick up a seat there.
0: Is it going to be possible, do you think? Yes. Okay that's the second yes, think, that's a second check in the whole box
1: <laughs> I mean I'm, 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 I'm less hopeful about the House of Representatives I think that's going to be very tough and, and, and I' I'm, I'm, you know the, um, the the chatter here politically is who runs for a uh, Nancy Pelosi seat if she doesn't run and there's already a, a I'm concerned because the leading candidate is a, is a moderate Democrat and I would like to see someone to the left
0: is uh, she not do you think she's not gonna run you think she's done?
1: I don't know. I don't have any particular insight into Nancy Pelosi, but I know that she will be 82 next spring. Wow. And and she, if they lose the House, she doesn't want to be the House Minority Leader again. And she certainly doesn't want to be a backbencher because how can you be a backbencher when you're Speaker and whoever would be would be the leader is not going to be as smart as Nancy Pelosi, right? Right. So, so I think she wants. I think it makes sense for her. But the problem is, there's a couple problems here. One is it'd be a wide open primary, which is fine. We call that, that's an election. You're allowed to have an election, right? It's right. an open seat. Let's see who gets it. There's a complicated politics with her daughter who, who very badly wants it. It isn't bad. Like, Christine Pelosi is a, she's smart, she's progressive, she's a good, I like that she's- She a, wants her diverse. mom's job. Right. She's a very, but but not, not okay. speaker of the house, but just a congresswoman from this district in San Francisco. Okay. But, you know, I don't know that it's the best look for Nancy Pelosi, who is this giant of, of American history and American politics, to give the seat to her daughter, right? Yeah. That, that looks kind of hackish. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not at the Pelosi family, you know, Christmas dinner <laughs> this year. They didn't invite me for the...
0: That's a bummer. I've,
1: I've, I've known, I've peripherally, you know, gone to school with various Pelosi kids Starting in 1971, and for the 50th straight year, I'm not invited to the Christmas dinner. Yeah, that's
0: that's um, hurtful. That's got to sing. In a fairness, little. my
1: mother's not making latkes for for the Pelosi kids. Although, if Nancy <laughs> Pelosi showed up, I'm sure she'd be more than happy uh, to give her latkes, But instead, I'm sure she'll just send her a check uh, to their campaign. But um, but you know, so I mean, I don't know really insider, but 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 I think it would be a fascinating discussion because I think Nancy Pelosi smart enough to understand that. But also, like like her daughter is is is. is qualified. Right. And smart and gets it. It wasn't like Trump positive.
0: trying to make Ivanka run the World Bank.
1: <laughs> it's not like that. No. Right. I mean, I mean, Christine has like a real law degree from a top university. She's very <laughs> well educated. She writes well. I mean, she's not a hack. You know, she's not an idiot. But it's still, you know, and, and in this town, Pelosi's a pretty good name to have. On the other hand, you know, uh, there's a, I was talking to a political figure here. We were chatting about this and she was indicating, this might. my my friend who I was talking to, I don't want to say her name, right, but she was indicating to. that there's a very progressive Asian American woman who might be looking at the race. So I like a lot named Jane Kim. So there's a lot of possibilities. You know, there's a conservative state senator who frankly I'd prefer Christine Pelosi over him. So, you know, conservative Democrat. Listen So that's the, wide open. But the, that's that's a tangent.
0: The mass holes got it right in Boston. Look what they went and did, yes. shockingly. Yeah. So there's yes. there's actually hope for if the mass holes can do it, I was like, oh I really that was a stunner.
1: Right. A city with a racist legacy that's uh, much worse than New York's. Much worse. Amazing. For the last, yeah.
0: But we have to get rid of mansion and cinema, and how do we do that?
1: You don't have you're not gonna get rid of mansion and cinema. The way you get rid of mansion and cinema is you pick up more Senate seats. Because right now we need fifty votes and then Kamala Harris breaks the tie, right? Right. If you had fifty-one Senate seats, then you'd only need mansion or cinema. And if you had fifty-two Senate seats, then it wouldn't matter.
0: So is that going to happen? Because they're disgusting. It's they make me want to vomit. I mean, the
1: Senate map in twenty twenty two is not bad for the Democratic Party. The Senate map in twenty twenty four is is not good for the Democratic Party. Who runs it's just the way in, it goes?
0: Who runs in twenty? Who Biden is not going to run again. He's <laughs> going to be eighty. He too, I think, will be eighty two.
1: He would be eighty two. I think when he takes office for the second term. You know, I was discussing this with a friend of mine last night.
0: And I it's am, not going to be I mean, Kamala. Here's the problem: if it's not Kamala, the fight
1: to for that nomination becomes not just very ugly, but very racially tinged. Because <laughs> to get the standing between you and the nomination means go means attacking the first woman of color to have a real shot at being president. Do you and think she's
0: really gonna? Her. Do you think she's gonna run?
1: If I know, I mean, I don't. I've never just met Kamala I- Harris. I know a lot of people who, who who know her well, and they all think she's going to run
0: because she's she almost is like said she's been almost MIA like you really don't I mean, need- yes
1: and no I mean no one pays attention to the vice president I mean the difference is and, and and this is you know the difference is when a when particularly when a Democrat runs you know chooses his running mate historically or her running mate in the case of Hillary what they say is this person will be the, the last person I talk to right I mean that's what that's what Joe Biden wanted when Barack Obama said I want you to be a running mate say okay my all I want is that I want to be the last person you check with now obviously Barack Obama, probably Michelle will be the last person, but the second to last person. Right. And that's what that's what I don't mean that as pejorative, but I mean that's right, just right. you know, like because like, unlike a lot of people who are who've been president recently, like Donald Trump, he actually like, you know, likes his wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she <laughs> likes him, so that should they actually speak to each other. And she's actually intelligent. Also. Yeah. That was not true of the Trumps, it was true of the Bushes. Um, but anyway, um. so when Jimmy Carter picked Walter Mondale. Similar situation, right? When Bill Clinton picked out Gore, similar situation. But in both those cases, you had somebody with not a lot of experience in Washington turn into a much more experienced Washington hand to help. So Mondale, you know, that, that would make sense. Same with Gore when he was vice president, or Biden when he was VP. But if you're Joe Biden, you don't really need... Like, you, you're you the experienced Washington person. Right. And you have your team around you. So Harris can't play that role. Not because Biden doesn't like you, but because it's just not the structure doesn't work. So, therefore... You know, I think what what, what I think Harris should do is once they get the infrastructure bill passed, then she and Pete Buttigieg, every time there's a ribbon cutting on anything around the country, should travel together because Harris is watching Buttigieg because Buttigieg would also be a very strong candidate. Yeah,
0: how great would that be?
1: Yeah so 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 she's traveling with Budge. This is what I would suggest. And you have the ribbon cutting. We're here to announce we're going to rebuild this highway or this bridge. And with us today we have the Secretary of Transportation yes. and the Vice President and the mayor of the town and the congressperson, you know, etc. Everyone claps and then you go into and you go and you do the dinners, you talk to the and then and then what you have is a ticket.
0: Yeah. That would be one hell of a ticket. You have
1: two insiders who are part of the administration who can build on the successes of the administration who are young, who are a new face. And Pete Buttigieg, I, I, I like Harris. I think Harris has moved in a very progressive direction since she went to the U.S. Senate. I like her on that regard, but I think that she's, she hasn't found her heavy, hard-hitting sea legs quite yet. Buttigieg is the opposite. He has found those sea legs, but he's not as progressive. And together, it could be a team that works.
0: Wow, you got so me totally excited. Mine. You got me totally jacked up for 2024.
1: That would be my, my dream situation.
0: I would I'm sold already and it hasn't even happened. That's a little hopeful yeah. because everything else is shit.
1: Yeah, the problem is that that I mean now I'm gonna bring you down. This is like a symphony. Now we're gonna okay. do this and now we're gonna do that. But um <laughs> but because the problem is that twenty twenty four election is going to be an absolute authoritarian mess. And there will be states that will say, you know, our states—you can imagine a situation where, let's say, uh, Wisconsin goes for, you know, the harris Buttigieg ticket by a narrow margin and then sends two slates of electors to Washington, right? And then you have the demonstrations, like on January 6th, and instead of a Republican president, you have a Democratic president, Biden, who has to decide whether to send out troops, right, against these demonstrators. And you have a vice president, Harris— who is deciding not just on the election, but whether she will become president. So this could be very, very bad going to 2024. But I, I don't think, think we have any plan for it.
0: I think a good test, sadly, I shouldn't say I think a good test run because you don't ever want to test, test run that, but I think it's going to be the verdicts of the cases of Amon Arbery and Kyle Rittenhouse because I think the shit is going to hit the fucking fan. It be- I, think there g- I think it could get really violent and really bad because I don't see how they can end well. I do not see how this all-white jury with this one... I feel so bad for this one poor black woman on this jury and what she has to be going through sitting there in that shit show. And I don't know, I don't know how any verdict that comes out of it because I didn't know that you could not appeal uh, an acquittal. So there, the, the defense... Did, uh, that was really pretty slickly, disgustingly, racistly smart on their part to do that. Because they're I'm, screwed either way. The prosecution is screwed either way. They get the acquittal. They can't appeal that. And then they're sh- and then I think it's going to be a shit show in the streets of Georgia.
1: People forget in 92, 1992, the massive demonstrations all over the country occurred after the acquittal of the cops who beat Rodney King. Yeah. Not the incident itself, but after they were acquitted. Mm-hmm. People in, 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 in mostly African-American communities, they waited. They believed in the system. And the system did not, serve, justice was not served in the Rodney King case at Shocking. all. And that's when people got angry. But, you know.
0: yeah. And then what happens? And then you have to decide, and then Biden has to decide how to handle that shit.
1: Right. We could have our, our Wisconsin correspondent come on at some point to discuss it.
0: Okay, that would be great. Okay. I look forward to that.
1: Maybe I will speak we, to him.
0: Maybe when you get back, we could we could definitely make that happen. I don't know, dude. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I got really worried during during that vote counting with Kornacki at the big board for New Jersey, and I literally was like, I call my. I'm like, Mom, you voted, right? Like, I was like, every single person I knew. I was like, you voted, you voted, you voted. When it comes down literally to like the vote, it's it's terrifying when the other candidate is such a. There is no. Was Who was this guy? It was literally like they drove past somebody's house, and the guy was mowing his lawn, and they were like, you're running against Murphy. Put on a suit.
1: But, I mean, but you know New Jersey better than I do, right?
0: Not really. I mean, I I was out of here once I was 18. I mean, I was gone once I was 18. I don't even remember who was running when I I voted first. I mean,
1: I think New Jersey is... Much less blue than people realize. Uh,
0: you're 100 percent right because everything I mean, south. Not just, be-
1: not just because of this election, but when I go there, and I go there a fair amount because of uh, my sons play baseball there a lot, and every now and then I'll have a social thing there, and you know, um, I drive around and I'll stop and I'll eat something, or I'll go to a shopping area. You know, it feels, it doesn't feel. I mean, I, when I drive around, for example, uh, the Bay Area. So you get out of the the. I'm not. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. You know. I understand the demographics. New Jersey has a sizable Latino and African American population, which is a huge part of the Democratic coalition. But the white people there feel much more conservative Correct. than the white people here in the Bay Area or in West L.A. or in parts around New York City, you know, in New York City. So so I think that the Northeast, if I, a smart Republican could put a lot of those states in play, and that scares me. We saw that yep. with with, Murphy, with with Murphy's narrow, narrow victory. On the other hand, I, mean, I, think I can't stress enough that two weeks from now, no one's talking about and or or McAuliffe, or any of these guys. Life goes on. It does. And, And the problem is that Biden needs, he needs to reclaim the narrative in a moment where the punditry has decided that we shouldn't be talking about Donald Trump. So this terrible thing has occurred, this authoritarian movement has reared its head, and everyone has decided, and all the serious people, have decided that we shouldn't be talking about it. And that is damaging because that is a partisan act. Right, that weighs it in favor of the party that was complicit in all that stuff because we're not talking about it. We don't want. We're not supposed to talk about it. I want to talk about
0: it. I want to talk about. I want to see people arrested because I know that if you or I, if I didn't show up for my bicycle tickets, I'm pretty damn sure that somebody would either garnish my wages or come for me, come find me, knock on my door, and be like, "Hey, we're coming for you." What happened? Nobody's even talking about Bannon. Nobody's even talking about any this one 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 woman, one white woman. Who said on Twitter that she was going to... I'm not going to jail with my blonde hair and blue eyes and all this bullshit. 60 fucking days? 60 days? Really? I mean, none of yeah. the none of the punishments seem to fit the crime. Nobody's being held accountable. And it's, it's so frustrating because you just... We don't ever... It just feels like we don't ever fight back. We bring pillow fights to, like, a knife fight.
1: And well, I mean, in this case, you know...
0: The Supreme Court is trampling no over everything.
1: For giving these sentences, and there's nothing we can do about it, right? And and you know, I mean, I it
0: is. But we just feel like we we want to come out swinging. We want to like punch somebody. It sounds terrible, but really, you just want to at some point like punch a Nazi. You you're it's enough. It's and with the stupid Lincoln, stupid stupid Lincoln project that pulled that bullshit. Like what what are you thinking? Like what that's not like getting in the mud and like. Like fighting it out the way you should, like
1: some No, the Lincoln Project is interested in getting attention for the Lincoln Project.
0: And it makes us look dumb because it, then you yeah. want to, you know, stand up and fight for things, and like they have all the money and they run all the ads and they get all the airtime, and you're like, no, not right. those they just, guys. They just
1: want to look clever. They're not really trying. To yeah, well, that's they just Steve want to look Schmidt. And take
0: that's all Steve Schmidt, I think, because I don't, yeah. I don't think that, that that's that that uh, Kelly Conway's uh, yeah. husband on on that at all. But it's really frustrating, and it's that's why I think when. The Twitterverse goes by in that hellscape, and it's every frickin' Trumper person talking about you know bullshit stuff, critical race theory, and you can't. This is not happening on my watch, and you're we're you know it's over, and this jury is happening, and that's happening, and we're. I feel like we're sitting here and we're watching all this shit just stampede over everything that's happened. To make progress, and it's it's infuriating because nobody wants... Murphy should have stood the fuck up. All these people should stand up. I wish Maya Wiley would have fought a little harder. I wish all of these... Stacey Abrams should not have to be running around the country propping up every fucking candidate. But, but... she's going to be exhausted.
1: You know, it is. And we have to nominate better candidates. You know, I mean, I, I think a better candidate... Someone. Would
0: super-
1: what I mean, the Republican. What the Republican Party did in Virginia, which is really not getting enough attention, is they really, the leadership, very smartly orchestrated this to get the perfect candidate. And we didn't. You know, now there's nothing the Democrats can do because they're the primary. But, you know, somebody should have said, a grown-up should have said, Terry McAuliffe, this isn't your race. It's not your time anymore. But no one said that to him.
0: Yeah, because he's white and he's got money. It's the same. And then it, he
1: loses, ugh. and everyone blames Bernie Sanders and AOC. Like, you know, it's the, the, the logic of that is extraordinary.
0: Ugh. All right. It's exhausting. I'm exhausted. I'm not yeah. going to hike 16 miles today. You could do that trail again.
1: No, I'm not. All right.
0: Get back to the hill. Renee misses you. I will be back
1: on tomorrow. I leave Sunday.
0: All right. Safe travels home. Say hi All to everybody. Right. We'll get the cool. get the consultant uh, on the next one and uh, all right. Thanks for restoring the hope and not crashing me into the into the ground. We're gonna make it. All right. All right I'll talk true. to you later, Linky. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right. I gotta say, I do feel a little bit better. <laughs> In some weird way, that there's hope. There's hope. I am totally one thousand percent backing a Harris Buttigieg ticket for 2024. And I really want. I really wish I would have volunteered on Maya Wiley's campaign and would have been able to rock a t-shirt. Like that for Lincoln, I was was really hoping she would pull it off. But here we are, and here we'll be, and so it goes, <laughs> and so we go, and so listen, check out Lincoln's website. He's still doing the Mitchell Minute on his Instagram, at Lincoln Mitchell. He's Lincoln Mitchell. He's Lincoln A Mitchell. He's lincolnmitchell.com. He's posting pictures of hikes in San Francisco, and he's always and he's also. Updating people on the actual on the street point of view of what San Francisco looks like right now to combat the absolutely asinine reports of it becoming like a zombie city of drug addicts and homeless people. So that's comforting. Um, So check him out. Go check out his website, look at it, buy his books, Uh, follow him everywhere. He's in the Twitterverse, he's on the Instagram, and he's on the interwebs. LincolnMitchell.com, Lincoln A. Mitchell, you know already by now, so I don't even know why I have to repeat myself. I clearly just hate ending these things, which we all know already. The Jam Fam is still happening every night at 8 o'clock on the Instagram at Doodleheads. Uh, The peeps are still showing up. Oh, kids are getting vaccinated. Doris, this one's for you. She's getting jabbed. The five year old, braver than half the cops and firefighters and frontline healthcare workers that are claiming bullshit religious exemptions. The kids are all right. So, shout out to Doris getting the vax. Number one, making progress. Everybody get vaxxed, get boosted, check on your people, mask up because there's still people that can't get vaccinated for medical reasons. So, be a good human, play nice in the sandbox. Stay super duper safe, as Mochito would say. Uh, and until then, yeah, that's a, that's a Riz app on that. We'll be back because we got another one. Back to Back Jacks on the podcast coming at you. Thanks for listening. Go share this with your friends. Put this in your ear holes. Go write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And I don't even know if that's accurate because I'm not even sure where else you can listen. <laughs> But uh, I'm sure you can figure that out on your own. Uh Franklin got a bike, so we should be getting some bike riding videos on the Instagram shortly. I uh, hope she has a helmet. Uh, protect your noggin. And that's it. Oh, Oh, has Matt made sprinkle cookies? Whoa! Wow! Man, <laughs> They're extra heavy on the sprinkles. And extra heavy. I made her go a little extra heavy on the uh, almond extract. It's as close to marzipan as I've gotten in a while. The niederreger is really hard to find around these parts. And I haven't been able to get to Shalin and Veba. Uh, yeah. Um, so, shout out to Hazmat, making the cookie magic. In Sprinkleville. Because there can never be too many sprinkles. And I will leave you with that. Throw a couple sprinkles on it, hashtag... Sprinkle joy. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. Until the next time, peace and hair grease.